and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. So if you were going on a date with someone and they were like, let's break into a haunted asylum or a haunted house or a haunted anywhere, would you go? Yes, but I'm also an idiot. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Um, no, I I fucking love that shit. It's the stuff that fuels me. Um, I actually did used to do that with friends where we would break into abandoned buildings, but like mostly we just found dead birds. And <laughs> that's honestly the extent of it. But yeah, if you want to get to my heart, take me somewhere spooky. I would love that. Allie. Yeah, I would immediately go specifically the first time I was single in my adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, the first guy I went on a date with, he would always break into abandoned buildings. And I was so mad at he didn't want to go out again because I had no interest in him. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted him to show me the abandoned place around <laughs> Columbus. And I'm still kind of bitter about this. Oh, no. Allie. <laughs> what about you, Jasper? Not a date. And here's Mm -hmm. why. Mm. I feel like you should have at least four people. No. Mm. For safety. Less for spooky. For safety. Because the likelihood that you'll run into something spooky is a lot lower than the likelihood that you'll disturb someone who's Mm -hmm. squatting and will feel, like, threatened and, like, having a group so that you're all together Mm. and maybe they are less likely to jump out at you in, Mm -hmm. like, self-defense. Also, it gives you more people to carry supplies. Like, if you're going urban exploring, you should be bringing, like, flashlights, extra batteries. You should be bringing, like, face coverings Mm -hmm. of some kind in case there's mold or asbestos. You should be bringing um, a lighter just in case or multiple. Mace in case someone attacks you. Water, food, just in case. Like, you just... I wouldn't go on a date is what I'm saying, but I'm very, very into exploring. (laughs) See, I'm the opposite where I'm like, bring a phone that's 25% charge. Oh my God. Breathe in all the smells. Jesus, Allie, you're you're not a Virgo anymore. I'm mainly a Scorpio in most Ah! of my (laughs) places. I don't know. So psychotic water shine pitch. I also feel like there's two types of Virgos. There's the Virgos that understand chaos and try and avoid it and then they're the virgos who are always the center of chaos so. <laughs> you've actually have you've done an overnight tour in an asylum right yeah i well not an asylum technically um at the local jail oh it was a, the it was a penitentiary yeah i That's did an right. overnight lock in there in the winter um which we definitely heard shit we it was one of the most fascinating experiences that's so supposed to be one of the most haunted places in ohio so yeah i won't share a lot because it's a long story um but one the guards told us like oh listen someone heard a whistle and we were in one of the wings which is huge and open air no one else in the wing and we heard from one of the cells right by us go clearly and this is all um like it's open air so you can see straight down no one around and we even Hmm. looked in all the cells wow 
So. I like how the guard was so nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, I'm here. I deal with these ghosts literally every day. They're like my coworkers at this point. Oh, yeah. That guy, he always whistles. <laughs> it was like February. So there were like only 10 of us. So the guards were just like, let me show you the real creepy place while that group goes off. Oh, hell yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, today's episode is season one, episode 10, Asylum. The one where the boys arm local teens. This episode was written by Richard Haddam and directed by Guy Norman B. It originally aired on November 22nd, 2005. All right. So we start this episode in an abandoned asylum. Yeah, with the cops. With, of course, the cops. Did you see all the graffiti in there? Yes. Uh, Yes. I love the graffiti. There's the big um, dead and then another thing that says soul. But I think the best one is the weird, super stoned, thick eyebrow (laughs) face that's just on the wall behind them in like a ton of the shots later Mm -hmm. just cracking me up like what the fuck i love it and i love how accurate it is because so many of them look like that now yeah that's true i do think it's funny though like the scene where they start in the asylum is so different than the rest of the episode when they go back and visit because there is all of the graffiti it's like kind of open yeah and then like later in the episode it's all like corridors gray empty walls it's almost like two different sets i'll tell you why because i looked this up because i was so into where this was filmed yeah um this is riverview in coquitlan uh british canada it was opened in 1913, but it's now a filming location, and this is a huge place. It was originally 1,000 acres. Wow. It is now only 244 acres, and so much shit has been filmed there. Once I looked it up, I started recognizing and remembering. Saw was partially filmed there. Oh, Jesus. Watchmen, Butterfly Effect, oh. Dark Angel, X-Files, Riverdale, <laughs> Grave Encounters, uh, Final Destination 2, and specifically almost all of Deadpool 2. Wow. What? <laughs> so this place is, like, packed, and it's so big that a lot of different parts of it look really different, but it oh. is, like, the number one um, place for insane asylums, like, things to be filmed in Canada. Wow, that's wow. really interesting. Yeah, so shout out to um, Riverview. Hell Yeah. Going back to that opening scene, though, I will say I was like, oh, great, we're going to get some violence. It's not going to be against women and it's going to be a cop. I'm okay with this, but nope, they curveball you super hard. They're like, oh, you thought this cop was going to shoot his partner? Nah, he's going to kill his wife in bed. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. In a really tiny bed. I will say, too, I was not expecting them to actually find teens in the opening scene, Mm -hmm. like all hiding behind the little table. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like they were setting it up to be like, oh, the cops go in and they don't come out. Yeah. I did love that they found people in there because I thought it it, like that shit has to happen all the time. Yeah. Also, I'm really glad that there was no resolution for the cop. I'm glad he's probably rotting in jail still because they never mention in the end. I thought he killed himself. Oh, did he? Oh, he did. He died. Yeah. There oh, that's fine, guns. too. There were two shots. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> that's fine, too. That's better. A-cab, motherfuckers. Anyway. Yeah. A-cab, but save the wife. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's fine. I'm just... We're... Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. And the black cop was fine, so... Yes. Yeah. Still a cop. He is still a cop, yes. Anyway... The teens, though, I think the reason that they had the teens in the opening was so that we would know that um, Kat and Gavin were teens Mm, later in the episode because they're not like 
specific about Mm -hmm. their age or anything they look ambiguously Mm -hmm. youthful so without the context from earlier this is such a teenage thing to do yes oh my god (laughs) i know so many people who did this in high school at our local one we didn't have anything like that because the town that i went to Mm -hmm. high school in is boring uh we do transition and we do have another phone transition (laughs) yeah I, like, never would have noticed that before until you pointed it out. I think it's because they always start in the motel. Like, it's the beginning of the day. It honestly kind of reminds me of how they open Shit's Creek episodes. Yes. (laughs) It's it's they're starting their day, and they live at the motel, so that's where the day starts. Mm -hmm. Okay, why do they have the most red-coated room? I noticed that, too. It was, like, very, very red. It felt very much honeymoon if there were one bed. Yeah, and if they weren't a motel, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I, go honeymoon at this roadside motel. motel. <laughs> I do kind of like the. I don't know if maybe it's just because like Dean is more used to sleeping in motels, but there's kind of like a childlike quality about Dean because Dean like is always asleep, like in his underwear, like laying on his belly, and then Sam is like in bed, fully clothed. <laughs> Like, he still has his button up. And there's, like, a scene where he has his, like, feet under the blankets, fully dressed. And, like, I imagine he has his shoes on for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why, but I do like that. It's good good minor characterization. Actually, the two most important scenes in this episode, I think, take part in the hotel. And that's kind of... At the beginning and end. Yeah, it's kind of true of the show in general. Like, a lot takes place when they're in those hotel rooms. Yeah, in the motel rooms and also in the car. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, anything overarching plot or, like, uh, actual character development type conversations or interactions, especially for the first three seasons. And I think after that, it starts to finally move along. But... For the first three seasons, that's where you see a bulk of the character drama happen. Yeah, it's almost like you get all the action in the buildings, and then they get the fuck out. Yeah. They're like, no, we have an important scene. Like, let's clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they get the text. The text is so funny to me. Yeah. Because it rings like a phone call. Yes. Did my phone didn't do that, my first cell phone. And I did have a... My first cell phone mm-hmm. was a flip phone. I am old enough for that to be mm-hmm. a thing but did, was that the case in the early 2000s did it depended they, you could yeah you could have it do that. set it like a ring yeah i don't remember that at all jesus yeah because they had like short ringtones and long but you could use them for either wild yeah i don't remember my cell phone vibrating when i got a text i'm pretty sure it played an obnoxious noise yeah i always had the sound off on mine yeah i just hate i hate that stuff mm. i always have my phone on silent even now i never do unless we're recording because i don't like not knowing because i yeah oh i don't so... even don't talk to me oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding the notifications stress me out because my brain is broken i don't have anything out loud notify me except texts i cannot do a sound notification Ugh. from anything Ugh. else that might be why Ugh. i don't know I, I think it just, like, short circuits my brain. Mm. Like, if I, if, like, my phone starts buzzing or ringing mm-hmm. or something, it's, like, ev- everything that was in my brain, it just empties out. And because of the ADHD, that's, like, ten different things. And then I can't remember what was happening for the past <laughs> hour. All I can think is buzz, mm-hmm. buzz. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I just pretend my phone does not exist. Hence the silent. But, um, 
kind of an interesting thing after they get the coordinates we kind of see another peek into their relationship with john where um sam says that he might be dead like this might not be from john john might be dead and dean has like a big reaction to that because like you can tell like he's dean seems to really be holding out hope for his father And Sam, I kind of respect, he really did not seem to care that much (laughs) at the thought of his dad being dead. Props to Sam. He's Mm -hmm. like, I don't care. Go die. Yeah. (laughs) And this is only a few episodes after he was like, I'm going to try and repair my relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you have to be sick of chasing all over and nothing. Oh, of course. And, you know, they did just have that whole situation in Lawrence. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even when you resolve to try and rescue a relationship and Mm -hmm. come to some sort of conclusion that, you know, leads to healing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when things throw you an emotional loop again, it's it's hard. Like when people disappoint you Mm -hmm. over and over again, you're going to... It's going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so like it kind of makes sense. But I I also still think it's funny. Like the roller coaster of emotions this poor child is on. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, bud. I loved watching them scam the cop. Yes. Yeah. I love that scene. Especially because Sam so far has mostly been like staying out of it when Mm -hmm. it comes to the con or like encouraging Dean to like get a real job for a second or whatever like just trying to be more honest but he's like so in it this time yeah Yeah. plus this is the first time we've like actually seen the griff the griff is mostly Mm -hmm. just like reference to like scams Mm -hmm. that they do commit like, that's kind of the stuff they should be doing, especially this is the first interaction that they have with someone where they seem smooth. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. every other interaction that they've had in previous episodes, they, like, blunder their way through <laughs> until they get to where they need to go. Right. And the fact that they don't, like, dress up in, like, costumes or disguises mm-hmm. or anything doesn't help that either. We've got one, one costume change this whole yeah. series so far. So far. We want more. Yeah. yeah. want to see them play dress up. So... After they do the griff on the cop to get some more information, they actually go to the insane asylum. And I like the kind of moment of levity we have where Dean makes a joke. I don't even know what it's about, but Sam just does not react. And the expression on Dean's face is so funny. I have the joke written down. Yes, let let us know. Uh, Who's a hotter psychic? Uh, Patricia Patricia Arquette, Arquette. Jennifer Love Hewitt, or you? And then Sam just he like scoffs or something. Well, there's an there's another moment after that when they actually Mm. get to the room. So that one was funny. Oh, was it? Oh yeah, my man Jack. Because in like 30 seconds, they reference one flew over the cuckoo's nest, Amityville, and The Shining. (laughs) Yeah, and he referenced The Shining in the previous episode, and again later in the episode. Yeah. Didn't, didn't he reference the Sixth Sense also? Was that a Haley Joel Osment? Yes. Yeah. So this one's just like stock full of pop culture. Yeah. Dean is like, I'm on a mission to yeah. prove that I watch horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he's, he gets really put out when Sam doesn't appreciate his mm-hmm. humor. It's it's so funny to me. It's like the dad energy. <laughs> Yeah, but I think he also, like, wants Sam to think he's cool. So I've had a thought. I was actually going to ask you both about this because it's kind of hit me this episode. So John never told Dean to go find Sam. Is that correct? I don't think so. That's correct. Yeah. So 
he was just expecting Dean to literally do all of this alone. Yeah. Oh. Like, that kind of hit me this episode, and I'm like, that's really shitty. Yeah, because that would be so isolating. Yeah, and that's what he was doing for a while, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But, like, bef- like pre-series, I yeah, think. Yeah. And it kind of shows, that. too, like, Dean has a real codependency mm-hmm. with his father, and it's kind of sad. And we've this episode, we've seen it, like, a lot. And- well, we don't know that it's a codependency. We just know that he has, like one-sided at least well because we don't see john interacting with him we just see like dean's Mm -hmm. extreme attachment so it almost kind of feels like maybe he's trying to like fill that void with Mm -hmm. sam a little bit yeah he just needs the interaction yeah i think there's the implied codependency with like john not having a new partner or girlfriend ever and him always being on the road it's kind of like he needs someone as well but he's not afraid to drop him at a moment's notice <laughs> yeah. and send him into multiple life-threatening situations alone. Shout out to Boundaries and the book Codependent No More. <laughs> <laughs> Get healed, listeners. <laughs> Since we're still sort of talking about Dean joking about things, uh, I always have to chuckle when he says the don't ask, don't tell thing. <laughs> because, of course, it's Dean that makes the remark about the not telling people when you're gay. Yes. Even yeah. though it's, like, targeting Sam and his psychic stuff. It's still, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> come on, buddy. A little blatant. Yeah. <laughs> his own. Oh, Dean. <laughs> yeah, after this scene... Uh, they go to talk to the son. Yeah, the psychiatrist who's the son of the uh, the mm-hmm. doctor from the asylum. And um, this scene was a little on the nose for me because we're already like in a mental asylum. Yeah. We're dealing with big feelings of like not only their relationship with their father, but their relationship with each other seems to be the big forefront of this episode. And the way they butt heads about it. Yes. And um, then we get like a literal therapy session where it's kind of implied that Sam just gets to vent about Dean for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to play a quick TikTok because only the audio matters. Okay. Um, and it says when you go to the psychiatrist instead of the therapist. Uh oh. Because I thought this was something they kind of get wrong in that episode. Remember, someone cares about you. Not me. Not me. I don't care. But somebody does. Wow. (laughs) And my sister said it to me because it is so true when you go to a psychiatrist. They're just basically like, do you want to harm someone? Do you want to harm yourself? No, okay, good. Here are these meds. I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and it's great. To but, be honest. But to see this guy, like, oh, oh, dive yeah. into it, I was like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Yeah, my other issue with it is that he made a last-second appointment. <laughs> bitch, you think you're gonna get in there day of for a fucking intake? Mm-hmm. Try six months yeah. or eight or 12 yeah this was not a private practice this was like an actual like hospital or yeah their insurance would have been ran and yeah writers (laughs) yeah (laughs) writers give us six months and then this is the show of hand waving i tell you what 
Yeah. And I feel like they didn't even really need to, like, go to the the psychiatrist Mm -hmm. to figure out all that shit. This, yeah, they re-explore this exact scene Mm -hmm. later in the episode. It's it's like a known town history thing. Like, they could have found it in the newspapers Mm -hmm. in the library like they usually do. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It Literally, it was just, like, a a little gag about Sam needing to vent. And, like, I love, like, little moments of levity in an episode, but, like, this really didn't do anything. Right. And it wasn't that amusing either. The one part I did enjoy, though, is, like, the psychiatrist is like, bitch, I'm not talking about that. Right. Like, why are you here for a history lesson? Let's talk about you. So I did appreciate that he didn't just give in and spill it. Yeah. Well, and that bit, too, was kind of funny to me because, like, (laughs) earlier in the episode, Sam's all like, oh, I'm doing method acting by shoving (laughs) you really hard. And then he totally fumbles the psychiatry thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plus, like, kind of the joke of that scene is that Sam is going to therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, that shouldn't be a joke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Poor baby. Maybe he needs therapy. Knowing them, though, because I think to them that's not culturally acceptable. The thing is that it's only very recently Mm -hmm. that it is, like, socially acceptable to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist or even just a fucking social worker to talk about your feelings, especially if you're a man. Yes. Yes, very much so. Yeah, like, there's... You know, the fact that you have to be emotionally vulnerable at all, the idea that you let things get to you, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is just a shitty thing we have about men that is not nearly as bad as it was at the time. But mm-hmm. yes. Um, and then after this scene, too, when we're going back to the asylum, I will say I did like that the big bad was not like a mental patient. Yes. Yes, I love that about this. Yeah. That totally my turns it on its head. Thing in this episode yes. is that they made the like quote unquote evil bad guy, um, the doctor, because that is who was in these old asylums. Yes, that, um, it's not the patients; it was the people hurting them. I thought mm-hmm. the patients have stuck around to try and help people, yes, protect exactly. them. Yeah, I love that detail. I think that made this episode so much more watchable because if it were just another like mentally ill people murdering or doing something, yeah, it would be so cliche and so problematic. Yeah, but I, then I think we're kind of back to things that don't really need to be in the episode. I have a thing that doesn't need to be in the episode. Yet. The tray of tiny king cake babies surrounding mm-hmm. the decapitated baby doll. Yeah. <laughs> And technically, that was in an earlier scene, but I forgot to mention it when we were talking about it. Yeah, it was really tacky. Oh, so you you both might disagree with this, but in my head, they had the two teens that they found. Yeah, and this is jumping a little ahead, but they kind of did their thing, and then they kind of left them to protect themselves in a hallway. <laughs> that door did not need to be locked. They could, the teenagers could have left at that point and it would not have changed the narrative whatsoever. They literally kept them for just two gags, the accidentally almost shooting Dean and then <laughs> we're breaking up after this. Yeah. Okay, I actually I have Yes, but I actually have a lot of thoughts about that. Would you yeah. like to hear my thoughts about Gavin Absolutely. and Cat? Absolutely. Yes, please. So Gavin and Cat are not there because they're being rescued. They're there to represent a foil of the power dynamic between oh. Sam and Dean. Yes. So when they enter the asylum at first, the power dynamic is leaning heavily towards Gavin. Mm-hmm. He's the one who wants to go there. He won't leave. He leaves cat on her own mm-hmm. 
but he's the one who gets really really scared and goes and and hides of course cat goes and hides eventually too but she's looking for him Mm -hmm. actively which he is not doing so we have that same thing again when they go in the first time it's kind of dean is more in charge Mm -hmm. and then they leave and then something shifted because sam has you know had his feelings with the psychiatrist maybe that's why so when they get back they finally have everyone together the power dynamic between cat and gavin has shifted because gavin is scared shitless and cat is the one who is able to be armed yes which you know the the shooting guns and whatever is Mm -hmm. usually in tv they're like oh this is like a masculine thing whatever Mm -hmm. it's not it's just shooting a gun it's a skill but what it does here (laughs) is they couple it with a gag where he's being emasculated so it's it's like funny Mm -hmm. yeah and at the same time sam is being like possessed or like tampered with by the ghost and then that power dynamic is changed and you can see it in the physical shift between them with dean on the floor and sam towering over him and that's the whole reason they're there yeah. well, and they, with that gag, welcome to my ted talk well and with that gag too they literally even like hit it on the head by literally separating them into pairs at one yeah. point as well yeah exactly i just love that energy of being so pissed at a partner that you know you might die and you still want to make it clear that you're broken up oh yeah Oh, I also know we reference horny ghosts in episode <laughs> one, but like this oh, time yeah. we got an actual horny ghost. Well, the episode, she was horny. She was straddling that dude in episode one. She was. I just thought that she like. Was, she was like fucking masturbating her, herself in the passenger <laughs> seat. But but yes, this one is like, we're going to fuck. She yeah. like goes in on that dude. And there was like, literally, they were like, oh, the ghosts, they just want to like tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> To like, you know, help them. And I was like, not that one. She did not need to <laughs> that mack. That one was just horny. Yeah, she did not need to mack him before you know, whispering in his ear. I'm going to push back a little. <gasps> Maybe she knew he's such a stupid, um, one-minded male. Mm-hmm. That she's like, the only way to get this bitch to listen to me is if I put out a little. So she macks on him and then tells him the important part. Tries to. Tries a lot to. of awareness for a ghost. I like it. I mean. Love that. I just liked when she went over and went, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. (laughs) (laughs) I so wish she had said that. That would have been perfect. Since we mentioned them splitting off into pairs earlier, I thought it was interesting that even though Kat is a teen, or we're meant to understand she's a teen, they don't actually say, and like dean is clearly not interested in her and all, which thank God, Mm -hmm. um, they still send the girl off with dean. yeah yeah, he always always i don't it's just funny to me since we're talking about the goats can i jump in a little bit with lore yeah please thank you what's in the lore alley about ghosts in asylums (laughs) in asylums so i'm going to talk a little bit about quote-unquote insane asylums there is not this specific rockhurst asylum it's not a place but i want to mention the worst asylum I have ever heard of, which instead of Illinois, it's in uh, Pennsylvania. So not too far off. Mm-hmm. Just jump to the other side of Ohio. But um, this one really shows how tragic they were. And we know a lot of the atrocities here, but uh, every asylum, like during the time period and just the treatment of people with mental health issues um, mm-hmm. are horrific. This one was built in 1906 and had up to seven 
more than 7,000 people. It was closed in 1990 and finally demolished in 06, luckily. Um, and a quote about it, it says, thousands spend their days, often weeks, at a stretch in devices euphemistically called restraints. Hundreds confined in lodges, bare, bedless rooms, reeking of filth and feces, in which the cries of the insane echo unheard from the peeling plaster of the walls. And that's from a, oh, mine says 1946. I think I might have meant 96, Life Exposé. Wow. But it honestly may have been. And the staff at the beginning were people who didn't have mental health training. They were just... um religiously exempt from world war ii so we're made to like serve as oh of course the guards here there was a 27 year old who was in restraints for anywhere between 17 months and three years we don't know wow and he sued them and a decade before this there were 57 deaths solely caused by patient neglect oh my god for sure by a decade before he was even in there, they would basically strangle patients with wet rags so it didn't leave marks to uh, calm them down. And that was seen Ugh. as a positive. Um, some staff murdered a patient and got a pay raise. Yeah, Ugh. they blamed it on PTSD from World War One, which, like, there are so many issues with that. Um, PTSD is real, but you can't just murder people. Correct. There were multiple times where they didn't find bodies of people they didn't even know had died for months. Um, one was murdered by other inmates, and the inmates were bragging about it, and they didn't find out till nine weeks later when they found part of her. Wow. Oh, my God. There were over 6,000 patients and only 180 staff and one attendant for every 300 to 400 patients. Oh, my God. It was incredibly horrible. Like, we already have awful things, but this was above and beyond. And they created it because they wanted to keep um, the insane and the poor out of jails and prisons, which honestly would have been better this situation right and this was the most atrocious i'm not even going into some of the horrific things so yeah if you are someone who does believe in ghosts like if there's any type of situation that would create the energy to like leave spirits behind that's some unfinished business right there and this is one we know about but like things like this happen um in so many different places and the care and treatment of mentally ill was horrific um luckily a lot has changed i actually used to work in a mental health residential facility Uh uh-huh um that's actually how i met my step stepdad he was my boss there oh yeah weirdly um and luckily by now a lot of places we have so many like state and federal requirements that it is better i'm not saying it is always great because we still have a long way to go to destigmatize um but that back then they thought that schizophrenic or patients with schizophrenia couldn't feel pain so Uh. we have obviously progressed um i just want to point out that we have a lot left to go and like jordan said like this is why this is such a trope um and comes up so often because if anywhere is going to be haunted it yeah. is a place like this, but the only evil there is going to be the doctors and the attendees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, coupled with that, we have such a fear of these people that that just makes this even, like, scarier to us. Because not only did these atrocities actually happen, but then we're afraid of the people who were just living there, too. Right. Yeah. So, because we don't understand how their minds work yeah so that's why this is this comes up all the time and i just wanted to like go over some of the things we know have happened throughout the u.s um 
hopefully it continues to get better because we do still have a long way to go with it. Yeah. I do want to add also mm-hmm. that like a lot of people's um, inpatient experiences and in mental health facilities are really positive too mm-hmm. now, nowadays. Yes. Um, I know plenty of people who've had really positive healing experiences mm-hmm. being an inpatient in a psych facility. I'm not one of them, but it might have just been the staff that was there at the time and my particular uh, issues when I was there, which I won't get into. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, things are still not great, but you can still achieve some sort of and it shouldn't be a taboo it should correct yeah Yeah. which is why which is why i add that in because i think like if you need help you should seek Mm -hmm. help out there's nothing wrong with needing medication Mm -hmm. or just like needing to fucking not be in society Mm -hmm. being a fucking wage slave (laughs) for a hot sec yeah and don't be afraid to report healthcare yes. professionals if you do yeah. receive bad treatment that could actually save someone's life yeah, yeah absolutely and if you don't feel comfortable reporting to that specific system mm-hmm. you always can to state and stuff like that so look that up because mm-hmm. i know sometimes you're like if i go to their boss will i just be yeah right, exactly always protect yourself like yes. if you can ever depersonalize the reporting process as much as possible i would recommend that such good advice thank you for that yeah thanks for that Allie. (laughs) yeah Yeah. that was great thank you that was all very very horrifying (laughs) yes oh and with that i have another i'm reaching too far into this metaphor oh where i think when the doctor is um like trying to attack you how he electrocutes you Mm-hmm. I want to say is a metaphor for electroshock therapy. Oh, that's not digging too far. And I think that's exactly what that was supposed yeah. to evoke. Mm-hmm. I love that fact about him. Mm-hmm. I also like that they made the anger inducement therapy up just so Dean and Sam could have an argument <laughs> and get their feelings out. <laughs> True. Or at least so Sam could. Yes. Yeah. You know you're a repressed male when you can only share when you're possessed by a ghost or demon. Uh, oh, the ghost. Yes. I loved the ghost makeup. I thought it was really it good, was actually. Really good. Most of the time, it's only okay. I'm thinking yeah. about the Bloody Mary ghost. That was very subpar, in my yeah. opinion. But most of the ghosts in this looked pretty good, mm-hmm. actually. Like yeah. the, um, the ghost that was locked in the room with Cat the Mm kind of lumpy faced one that was good and i loved how i know the set is famous for this but i loved how the set was like um decaying because that's how it is and if you go into those places like yeah it it looked very different in the day but nowadays right 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 i also liked when he like put the lighter fluid on the ghost and it like turned into a stone statue what the fuck was that usually they just sort of like spark away and like dissipate that dude like fucking solidified and crumbled yeah, it was what? like a gargoyle do you want to hear my far-reaching metaphor for oh this? god here we go i thought it was a metaphor of how these buildings start out so strong and unbreakable and in the end crumble to dust just like our memories of how we treated these people okay that is a stretch (laughs) that one is a stretch Allie I'm like there needs to be a reason let's find a reason well I I don't blame you because like so far all of these episodes have been some kind of metaphor not necessarily good like the truth and lies one was so bad well especially because it didn't have fuck all to do with anything exactly (laughs) I enjoyed it did we talk about their their actual fight the confrontation I don't think we did. We did not. 
Okay, so yeah, they finally got their feelings out. I did kind of like that it didn't do that typical trope of like, I'm trying to get through to you even though like, you know, you're possessed. And then it just turned out that no, he was not able to get through to Sam. Sam yeah, was gonna that shoot moment him. is really shocking. Yeah. You're like, oh fuck! He, he doesn't just try to shoot him once; he tries like two more times. Yeah, it's a little intense. <laughs> yeah, it is really intense. Like you know that he just got like <laughs> murder possessed or whatever, but <laughs> but still, you're like, whoa. Well, especially the way they explain how like the ghost powers work is not that the ghost possesses you; it's that he amplifies your anger. Yeah, so, like, the things he said, I know, like, at the end, he's like, oh, I didn't mean that stuff, but I think, like, given the explanation for what the rage ghost is doing, I feel like those things were true, and it's consistent with their arguments about John, like... Mm Yeah, it is the first time that Sam actually expresses thinking that it's completely stupid to just do what John says all the time. Also, so this trope of like having an episode about feelings is something that's in every TV show, but most TV shows will have a resolution Mm. to that. This show doesn't really do that. I love how Dean, like you can tell he's pissed and he just says, I'm not in the sharing and caring mood. I just want to get some sleep. I didn't think he was angry, actually. I didn't think he was angry either. I thought he was really, really hurt. Mm. Like, he seemed really hurt by it. I thought it was in between the anger and hurt where you just, like, shut down. You're like, I can't have this conversation. Yeah. Because nothing will come of it. So I felt like he's that shut down, kind of like... Um, if it's with a partner, like, roll to the other side of the bed. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. There's just, like, something extremely, like, pathetic isn't the word that I want, but there's something really, really pathetic about, like, the way he's like, are you really, you're really going to shoot me right now? I loved when he was like, that's not going to kill me. And Sam's like, yeah, motherfucker, but it's going to hurt. Oh, so yeah, that's right. Salt. I was dying. Yeah, especially because he's feeling salty. Another <laughs> yeah. metaphor. Also, I can't believe that he shot Dean through that like paper thin ass wall. Like how has that never been found or like disintegrated? Right, right. and it was, it was like, I thought it was like a metal fake door. Was it really just fucking plywood that yeah, whole like, time? Yeah, like literally just put plywood over a stone wall. Right, what the fuck? <laughs> and we're just supposed to believe that. Yeah. Also, okay, speaking of things that are just not believable in this episode, when Sam gets the phone call, quote unquote, from mm-hmm. Dean, for like, first of all, like, you're out in the middle of nowhere. How do you have reception? Yes. Second of all, you're getting the call from the basement? <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Like, I would immediately be like, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, I will say, so it's, cell phones are newer at this time. Not newer, but, like, more accessible. So maybe, like, the trope of, like, getting phone calls from ghosts wasn't as big at this time. But mm. at least I mean, on cellular maybe. device. And the ring, doesn't she call on the phone? She does. When was that? Then that was 99. Oh, 99. Well, I mean, even if we want to go back, like even Scream has it from like 91. That's yeah. not a ghost, but 
I don't know. Maybe there's something about the cell phone, but also like I just think he's a dumbass. He is, is a what dumbass. I'm saying. <laughs> plus, like knowing these two characters, even if he did know that was a ghost, like Sam's probably still gonna run at it. Yeah, true. like they're dumb. Yes, yeah. Why are they still alive? <laughs> That's my big question. Question of every episode. They just haven't found the Juggalo clowns yet. But uh... <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for laughing. <laughs> I was proud of it. No, that like hits just the right <laughs> sense of humor for us. You have no idea how much we joke about Fago. Fago sponsor us. I don't want to get a real job. Oh yeah, please. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we'll take you. <laughs> yeah, I'll drink so much Fago for you. So much. Give me money. We haven't talked about the fashion in this episode. Which doesn't seem like it'd be much. I didn't find it notable. But it's the little things. I was really, really amused by how Gavin just dresses like Sam. Yes. It's just like a mini Sam. Hilarious. Cat dressed like Dean. Huh? Cat dressed just like Dean. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked her outfit is why I remember. So Cat's outfit, I think, was the most true to 2005. Yes, that's exactly what I was like. This is fucking classic teenager in 2005. I have zero memory of it. What was it? No. So she's wearing she's wearing just like jeans and Mm -hmm. she's wearing a um, like a tank top with like the buttons in the front, mm -hmm. you know, and they're undone a little. And underneath it, she has, like, a cami that has some kind of, like, lace, but it's, like, black, so it's mm-hmm. really contrasting. And over top of that, she has the kind of long cardigan that we were talking about in mm-hmm. the Bloody Mary episode, where it's very thin. But my favorite part about it is that it's a it's a bell sleeve. So when it gets oh. down to her wrists, they're very wide, but that part is a different fabric from the rest of it. It's sort of like a almost like a chunkier like knit kind of thing so there's an interesting texture going on but the rest of it is still kind of flowy yeah this is the first actress that they've brought in that literally could have been like she showed up and they're like what you're wearing is fine exactly like i would have seen that girl like in my junior high school english class Mm. i fucking love that especially the like camisole under the button up polo was like what everyone was wearing back then yeah yeah they were all about like the the buttoned unbuttoned shirt with the cami underneath so no one told me we stopped wearing camis and i still wear them all the time well do you my friend my friend who was um remarking on the sam choking uh asked me about camis from the early 2000s she was like man those make your boobs look so good true i still have one because i wear them with like every other outfit but i have big boobs so it's i have to hide them so right it's easy but i have one cami that works better than a wonder bra really i swear to you hmm. well it's also they're usually like a little cinchy down the middle too so mm-hmm. yeah they're good for figure i also do remember that that style was so popular that there would be shirts that you wouldn't even put a camisole under. Oh my they would God, do that's the stitching. Right. Yeah. yeah, and they would, a lot of them would have like the built-in bra. Do you yeah. remember yeah. that, Allie? Yes. Oh my God, those were so and fucking annoying. And the lace annoying. at the bottom on some where it would just Oh my God, that. yeah, because it was supposed to be longer than your shirt, so it like peeked out underneath. I don't wear lace ones. That's old. Do you remember that's the made-for-TV <laughs> ads where it was literally like the collar bibs? Oh my God, the like triangle yeah. to cover your tits. <laughs> It does sound so useful, though. Boob bib. The boob bib. 
and my work bag I just keep a thing of safety pins because so many shirts I need to like four safety pins up <laughs> damn dude I'm yeah. sorry so when they leave the asylum mm-hmm. why does Sam not look beaten to shit <laughs> How many times did Dean punch him in the face once, like, with the gun in his hand? Maybe he only hit the back of his head repeatedly every single time. So it's going to come up I mean, he did knock him out. Yeah, he, like... I like how he looks specifically refreshed. Yeah, like, like they just... possession. Right. right. <laughs> the new, um, new facial. Yes. So rejuvenating. He literally looks like someone just came over and, like, fixed his powder for underneath the lights. Yeah. Like, he just looks so perfect. They probably it's- did. <laughs> <laughs> What's continuity? Okay, Jordan, we're going to test this out and punch you as many times as they punch him. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to hold a gun one of the times. Only, only if, <laughs> Allie, only if you're okay if I say yes, Daddy, after every hit. That's fine. I can take way? it. <laughs> So, speaking of daddies, um, mm. this episode ends with Sam and Dean in bed, phone call, it's John. Fade out. It's the first cliffhanger. Yeah. Yes, I like it. We love a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Also, we are moving the story along, even <gasps> in this nonsensical what? episode. We mm-hmm. can have a random episode that relates to the plot? What? I I did really like that ending, and I love how Dean was asleep and Sam gets it. Yeah. Because I'm sure he is even more panicked. I wouldn't be surprised. This isn't part of my predictions, but <laughs> if Sam does not tell Dean for a while that John True. called. Are you sure it's not part of your predictions? Or are you just... I mean, I'm going to... I want to know. Predict. Gonna, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to say it's not part of my predictions so that if I'm wrong, I won't... <laughs> look dumb but if i'm right i am still gonna rub it Jordan, in last time you you thought it was like a chupacabra <laughs> that's true are you going for accuracy well like i don't want to because i don't want to like actually predict because i'm just yes. gonna say a ghost every time and i'm gonna be right 90 percent of the okay, time but you, you could be predicting like fashion. themes or fashion quotes you Ooh. could be predicting what they're gonna like what kind of argument they're gonna get into next what they'll eat oh i like this because this is just me projecting my head cannon now yes exactly <laughs> that's what this should i be. feel powerful <laughs> but i do want to hear about like what monsters you want mm-hmm. i do i really okay i love ghosts do not get me wrong i love them so much they're like my favorite thing to learn about my favorite monster but I am ready to diversify. What this show has the ability to do, and I think it'll do well in the future, they're just catching their stride. But, like, this, how they handled the ghost in this episode was burning its body. Like, we've already established that that's a way to kill a ghost. I want them to explore the lore of these creatures and, like, have to learn how to handle it. I love that. Yeah. Which we did not really, we haven't gotten a lot of lately. Mm -hmm. Definitely not in the Bugs episode. That was literally, <laughs> they didn't do shit. I thought we wouldn't mention. I thought we moved on. It's the amount of brain. times we have brought up the Bugs episode today. When I asked you both if we voted to s- say skip or pass, quote, pretend only the queer subtext happens. <laughs> that is not what you're doing. I, I'm sorry. I, well, I'll try and get it out of my brain. But I, okay, so instead of predicting, I will say I will like. I would like to, for them to explore 
definitely more some like local myths mm-hmm. and urban legends um we've seen some urban legends but they've been like ones that are true to uh, just like mm-hmm. the country or the world as a whole like the hook man everywhere has a hook man um are the um lady in white so i'm still hoping for my werewolf and i want to get into like the nitty-gritty of like what makes a person a werewolf in their universe Ooh. i want to know how to deal with werewolves in their universe like that's what i want yeah i think that's great i don't know yeah. i love that stuff i i love like solving the case in like a, mm. a fun new way and yeah. not okay what's bothering this ghost like i totally i totally get that i'm right there with you i want them to come to the west virginia ohio border and discover why mothman's ass is so thick uh, you know what's <laughs> so crazy so i used to live on the border so, so i used to live where west virginia ohio and kentucky meets and like a little triangle uh-huh the pinnacle of america i don't know what it is about those people but they are obsessed with bigfoot <laughs> There are so many local legends that of Bigfoot me, there because Bigfoot is like a Pacific Northwest. So thing, there is I a thought. whole documentary. It's called Finding Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and it's just about two dudes who live in Portsmouth, Ohio, in mm-hmm. that little triangle, who have dedicated their lives to proving that Bigfoot lives in that little wow. area, right there. That's incredible. You would see but I really admire all the, the dedication. Time. Yeah. So you got any fun stories for yeah. us? Oh, the fan fiction. Uh, since this one was really all about the the power dynamic between mm. the brothers, I thought it would be funny to find a de-aging one. Mm. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> de-aging is like a really fucking common trope. I have never in my life seen one. What? Really? Yes. Okay, all I the time. I don't even read fan fiction and I know that's a thing. What? Yeah. Well, this one is totally non-sexual, so don't worry or anything that's my favorite with de-aged characters no not with de-aged specifically i didn't know that was a thing (laughs) sorry go ahead i'm panicking (laughs) i'm panicking (laughs) um it's called always be the little brother by archery girl 1101 a witch reverts sam back to baby toddler stages of his life and dean once more has to bring up his little brother from the near beginning is the basic the basic summary all the tags have to do with who's in it uh some other ones are protective dean winchester uh john winchester's a plus parenting which if you can't tell that tag is intended to be sarcastic (laughs) and then some stuff about bobby who uh hasn't been introduced in to the show yet where we're at um this is a completed fic it has been done since 2018 so it's relatively recent and it's got 420 kudos. Woo! Get it! Blaze it. <laughs> 420 YOLO for Jesus. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so that's that's all that one is. I don't know. I think, like, there's still a lot in even this early on um, with their dynamic where you can kind of tell that Dean is somewhat of a parental figure mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I have a question for you both actually sure. about the structure of the show. Do you think it would enhance or hurt this show if it had flashback sequences specifically relating to their relationship with their father growing up and being like young monster hunters? I think that we should revisit this question later. Okay. I'm excited. Now. <laughs> I think hurt hurts the show as a whole 
I disagree. Jasper and I have to go fight. Just You'll probably win. <laughs> just not in the apartment. <laughs> I th- I think if Yeah, we, no, we get exposed we get exposed to more of John being a shit, which I yeah. can't stand. But I think you have a better understanding of the dynamic between the three of them and like the sorts of choices that they make and things that they say I as like characters. The so. flashbacks where it's between the brothers. Yeah. I don't need when the dad's involved. Well, yeah, I think that the dad could also be used as a vehicle in the way they use other characters. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's my reasoning there. I just have no interest in John. I mean, he's even if you don't like him, though, he is still a major plot point yeah, yeah. And, in this and first he's season. he's, like, vital to understanding why the two of them mm-hmm. behave the way they do. I'm just jaded because I prefer him as Negan. <laughs> I am... Um, I actually kind of wish that with the relationship between Sam and Dean, and I know this wish I may actually get, but I do feel like they haven't really pushed it far enough, which I think is kind of interesting for, because we just watched a whole episode that was specifically about like their shifting power dynamic and their feelings about a specific topic, their father. And like, I don't feel like we really learned that much about Mm. them as characters, except for Sam would possibly kill Dean if given the opportunity. <laughs> if he was mad enough. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, that was unsettling. It kind of made me look at Sam a different way in yes. this episode, even if they didn't mean yeah. for that. Yes. What will we rate it? Ooh. Um, I'm going to give this one. Uh, this is, I'm going to give it a 1.5. Wow. I hated this episode. What? I, okay. It's, I'm shocked. It's not the yeah. lowest I rated an episode. Um, Cause like, there's nothing like, inherently offensive if this is just like the oatmeal flavored episode no nuts no fruit like sugar no butter nothing it's just like straight oatmeal i don't think they push the power dynamic between the two of them you know what actually i'm gonna pump it up to a 2.5 because looking back the two hotel scenes are good when the first when we first see dean and sam like getting the text message i thought that was interesting and then I do love the cliffhanger. It was a good cliffhanger. I in like the when end. they fight. The fight was good. I just don't feel like that. That Okay, being pushed to be so angry that you kill your brother, that should be a big character-defining moment. And it would be in most TV shows. I just have a feeling we're never going to hear about that again. <laughs> What's your rating scale? Oh, um, horny ghost kisses. Ooh. 2.5. Horny ghost kisses. Mm-hmm. One's just a little peck. <laughs> Two full-on kisses and then just a little peck. Wet, wet open mouth. mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna Chased say it. Mom kisses. I'm gonna say it. What it? What is the? What is the sound the wet open mouth kiss makes? Is it a slurping gurp? <laughs> oh, noise for you. <laughs> a slurping gurp is a little more than that. <laughs> an experience. Allie's like, let me tell you about a slurping gurp. <laughs> it's an experience. Ollie's out here getting slurping. Oh my god. <laughs> so I would rate this episode um, four random headless baby dolls. Oh, out of incredible. Five. Mm-hmm. I like that scale. I thought it was very entertaining. I am so glad they f- flipped the insane asylum story. Um, we have like one of our first possessions. Mm. Uh, we have some development in terms of the brother relationship. And I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I can understand that. I'm going to go. I'm in the middle. I'm going to give it a three. 
I don't honestly find it that exciting, mm-hmm. um, but I understand what's happening thematically most of the time. I really like the fight that they get into, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I agree with you about like the the bookends of mm-hmm. the episode being pretty compelling. But yeah, ooh, what am I? I'm gonna give it three out of five faulty flashlights. <laughs> mm. I love it. No flashlights ever work in this universe. Bring extra batteries, people. Yes. I get those, um, what are the hand jobby ones? I used to have those. <laughs> Shake it ones? Yeah, I used to have, those were really useful for, like, camping and stuff growing up. I was just gonna say bring glow sticks. <laughs> but you're waving, like, waving your arm. Like, yeah, Jordan is enacting this. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, you're doing, doing, like, a little jerk-off motion in the air. I'm just... I don't like that. Making everyone jealous they're not here to watch us. Wow. <laughs> to watch you. We are not part that's what you had to do with those flashlights though to charge them it's true doesn't mean i'm doing it <laughs> well you're the one well you you'll go into a haunted house with five percent batteries yeah, so and give a slurping gerb so <laughs> <laughs> but since jordan already gave their prediction mm-hmm. that's all we've got for today whoop, whoop. thanks for tuning in to on the road with supernatural Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr at On the Road with Supernatural or by Instagram or Twitter at OTR Supernatural. Contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Burkittsville, Indiana. Bye. Bye. Bye.